Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast, and I am your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin. I'm on a complete and utter mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference, navigate that really messy middle, the startup, the growth, the plot twists, and the relaunch. And join me today. We're going to sit down, dig deep with a guest who comes from us to us from Sweden. He's going to bring to you the best concept strategies and help you fast track your business. Today's special guest is Sukesh Tedla, and he is a young entrepreneur with six years experience in the IT industry. He's worked with blockchain technology in the industry, and he possesses a master's in telecommunications. He's worked in the both technical side and leadership positions in companies like Ericsson, Volvo, and he is currently the chairman of the Swedish Blockchain Association. He's one of the founding team members of the Telus, Telus Blockchain Network, at, which is valued at over 200 million. Not shabby at all, my friend. He's a public speaker and has been a contributor to the blockchain scene since 2017. He is passionate about about bringing complex technology to the masses and help develop more trust in a culture around the digital world that we live in. A warm welcome to our podcast, Sukesh. So I want to know. You're browning me. <laughs> so blockchain, I'm yes. fascinated by this. How did you get your start in the blockchain world? Um, I think it was around 2017. I was just like working a full-time day job uh, in Ericsson um, because I come from a tech background, working with all the data centers and infrastructure and all that stuff at Ericsson. I was just sitting there kind of scrolling through Facebook in the break time. And then I just saw like something about Bitcoin and you can get money from that. And I was just curious uh, around that time because you know, in, in, in the office, like people talk about shares and investments and all kinds of stuff in the free time and coffee breaks so like i did i was just curious i don't know why it came up uh, on my screen at the time but um i'm happy that it came up uh today so um it kind of got me into uh the blockchain and bitcoin and i started reading about it started watching youtube videos completely self-learned what exactly is it um and the technology and the ethos of that community uh, back in 2017, like, wow, what's the initial purpose of blockchain? It kind of really uh, touched me uh, at that time. And I started, like, looking into the technology and started investing my time, resources, um, and getting more involved uh, on a deeper level into different projects, not only from a pure financial standpoint, but also, like, a technological standpoint, because it kind of related to my master thesis as well that I did a couple of years before. Um, yeah, and around the same time, all the topic about fake news and information like with Trump and everything uh, in 2017. Yeah, the blockchain transparency really uh, uh, clicked me um, and I was I started thinking like, okay, how can this be enabling transparency in this society or in a digital world? Uh, it is doing that in a financial system, but how, how can it be used in other uh, technologies or other scenarios? So that kind of really got me into the blockchain space. And uh, five years back, five years forward, now I'm uh, still here. And you're going, wow, what are like? I love it. You know, this is an interesting thing. I always think curiosity is something that you can't teach. And it is the fuel for every entrepreneur out there. 
And, you know, you had a corporate job, like many of us who make this leap. I'm, you know, I, I want to talk back. What was this idea of doing, okay, I'm curious about something. I have an employee uh, or I am an employee. When's the moment that you thought, I could create something for myself or I could jump into the land of entrepreneurship? Where are you at? Why did that shift start moving and accelerate? Um, to be honest, I think uh, on my personal level, I think I took that step much later after like a couple of years uh, in 2019, around that time, uh, because I still uh, wanted to have some sort of stable income before I'm confident that I can do something by myself in the blockchain uh, scene. So during those two years, I was basically working like 15, 20 hours a day and like uh, having uh, it. It did good uh, now looking back, but also uh, there were like many bad situations uh, in my personal life as well, affecting my relationship, uh, all kinds of stuff. So uh, I, I would say like it was both positive and negative at the same time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think taking that initial step uh, kind of got me more intrigued and started working uh, a bit more uh, every single day. Uh, talking with different people, interacting uh, with different people uh, kind of got me out of my own bubble, I would say, because I was super inferior and like I wasn't uh, an extrovert. Uh, I wasn't like I used to scare to talk to people or like talk on a stage uh, before like starting my journey. And once I started like uh, talking with different people from all over the world, even in Telegram chats or whatever, in digital media, it kind of made me... Uh, kind of unco uh, uh, unconsciously uh, more confident uh, in a way uh, and uh, made me to progress um, in in the way I speak and also like the way uh, I learn the technology and I approach different things. Uh, so, yeah, I think it really influenced me uh, to go forward uh, and just keep on going and working. Um, yeah. So many people can relate to that because the truth is, not everyone has this really clear cut before life of comp corporate and after life as an entrepreneur. Many of us straddle the line. And actually, one of the things I, I know I coach a lot on is stop looking at it as a decision that is either or, because there is truth that it can be an and. And you, you know, you you lived that and for two years uh, before you started to say, OK, I am building skills I'm connecting more. I want to accelerate in order to accelerate if I don't implode my own my ability to get out of bed every day and impact, you know, my, my relationships around me, there's a moment that it goes, okay, I'm in, I'm in. And I love what you say about, I've taken a really big journey because I was an introvert too. Most people find that shocking, especially since I've got your guest host this evening, but I, I learned to speak well in front of others. I learned to go network. I learned not just the capabilities of the technical side, but the relationship building that was going to be paramount. And today I know that, you know, you're really involved in, in a startup phase and you're working now to obviously bring people together who want together, get involved in a you know financial capacity, but also get involved in it. We're building something that has never been created before. And tell me, you know, when you, when you made that decision to go, I'm now drawing the line and I am going all in. What was the vision that you saw? Was it startup? Was it the business you're doing today? Uh, well, not really. Uh, back then uh, in 2017, 2018, like 
one of the things that really influenced me uh, was the topic of fake news and misinformation. And I uh, personally kind of really felt like we are in this digital bubble that is being like created by an algorithm uh, or a piece of code, basically. And it's being used to target you with different kinds of information every single day, uh, making it more like a, like, like it's, there is a saying, right? Like you stay in a well, you, you just think that's your well. And it's kind of making you uh, more and more piled up with that kind of information. So I started thinking like, how can we really think outside the box, uh, whether it's politics or whether it's uh, any other topics? Um, we, we need to hear the other side as well every single time because right now with all the news and everything, you can't really get to have different perspectives on topic. So uh, that kind of really got me motivated and I was really influenced by the topic of fake news and misinformation. And my first company was uh, Unbiased, uh, which is uh, my first company that I started in 2018. And it's still live, but uh, uh, over the course of last four years, it took different pivots, uh, I would say. So when we started looking uh, into unbiased and like how we can really address the fake news and misinformation, the original idea was completely different. Uh, and uh, it was like when you are like a, the first time entrepreneur, you just think all these big ideas and like come up with different business plans and everything. It was all exciting. But once you start learning new things and ex uh, understanding how business works and how you can like really create a good business plan and business models uh, around that. Um, we had to uh, kind of make some decisions to take pivots uh, along the way, uh, which was the only way to grow. And uh, over the last uh, year or so, we managed to get big clients as well for that company. Um, and we're still like uh, working towards the same goal uh, in a way, but from different angles, uh, like mainly like addressing from the technological standpoint. Uh, how can we eliminate bias uh, from AI or machine learning, for instance, uh, which is one of the prominent factors um, in, in fake news and misinformation today, but also in other areas where people of color are being uh, being discriminated, for instance, because of the technolo uh, technology and lack of transparency and auditability, basically, like accountability. Uh, so uh, it got me thinking like, okay, we can use transparency of blockchain and bring that to the AI and machine learning and the data pipelines and all that stuff. So uh, that's kind of how I started my journey uh, every single day, uh, I would say. And then um, over the last two years, um, yeah, I I was really motivated by working with the blockchain and uh, the fintech space. And uh, I started putting more efforts into my uh, next startup, uh, CryptoScat, uh, which is like a crypto and accounting software uh, where we provide tax services for crypto investors. Uh, so that's something we be, we started like working on in 2020. And I have other couple of business engagements that I was involved with, uh, which helped me source revenue and bootstrap my ideas and uh, kind of spend capital on my own ideas and build the team around that uh, without like completely depending on venture capital uh, investments or like uh, fundraising and all that process. Yeah, the last two years have been a very different landscape for companies that are seeking funding to accelerate growth. Um, you know, we can we can put it under the name of C dot dot dot. 
and say that's what's really changed. But I think it's much bigger than that. And I'm curious, you know, as someone who has had multiple startups in their tenure as an evolving entrepreneur, um, how do you think it's changing or what do you think the current challenges are for somebody who is, yes, bootstrapping, but still needs some level of infusion to move rapidly? What kind of lessons did you learn or what did you wish you learned sooner? Um, <laughs> I think uh, all uh, I, I would say that um, it's it's like bootstrapping is not a cup of tea for everyone. I would say that uh, for sure. Uh, it has its own challenges um, all the time. Um, you need to find, uh, even when you're bootstrapping, I think it's important that you find uh, right partners uh, to work with you and right set of uh, uh, people who have the same vision and goals as you um, uh, to work with. But also like try to uh, get more advisors uh, who kind of, uh, balance your inefficiencies or um, lack of understanding of a specific topic or uh, yeah uh, so I think that's super important uh, when you are uh, taking through going through different phases because early on like I didn't um, get proper advisory which would have helped me save huge amount of time and money uh, that I spent on different things uh, related to technical decisions are related to how you set up the business, for instance, uh, when you have multiple companies uh, like myself. Uh, yeah, so all these things are costly uh, if you don't do it the right right the first time. So get as many uh, different uh, opinions as possible uh, way early on. Uh, try to be open. Uh, try to uh, communicate what your uh, vision is and what your goal is and what you're trying to get to. Uh, people are there to help. Uh, just you, all you have to do is just ask. Uh, I think that's one of the things which is easy to do, but also which is really tough to actually do it uh, as well. So, yeah, I always say for sure one of the one of the best business hacks out there is to find somebody who is succeeding in a space you want to go play and shadow what they do learn from what they do and be open to understanding it's not the highlight reel that got them there. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. it's, it's actually the things that they want to do. And I always say to people, when you're looking to, you know, whether you call it an advisor or in my case, you know, I'm a, I'm a business mentor. I always say, you know, you want to have the blend of things. You know, you're saying, where are my gaps? Like I had very good technical skill. They had very good vision, but I needed some help on how do I structure a business? Um, this is a really important one because I always say, you know, if you can identify your gaps, you need to create a plan to bridge the gaps. And the faster you can bridge the gap by leveraging somebody else's expertise, not only do you shorten your runway to success, you you do not bleed money that maybe you can't afford, or it's more that you can afford, especially if you're in a bootstrap business now. So I'm curious because this this crypto business, this accounting software that you're developing today with your team. Um, is a seasonal product. And I'm curious when you're out, you're in the world of trying to get capital for a product, how is this different? And what are the challenges you're currently facing around it? Uh, I think uh, there are definitely a lot of challenges, especially with the software and the, the domain and the space we are in today, because uh, the tax and accounting is pretty standard across the board. Like you can't have much innovation there, uh, right? So the the real differentiation that you could have 
when compared to your competitors in the first place is that the way you provide the service and the different types of diverse integrations that you offer and how much time you save to the consumers and how much how many partners you can have and how quick you can grow so um, that has been uh, a challenge uh, for us because selling that to investors isn't really exciting for them uh, like we're not competing on uh, the innovation level, but more rather than on service level, uh, which makes things much more difficult. And you have to prove before you can get that uh, acknowledgement, okay, that you can do things the way you want it to do. So that has been super challenging uh, to sell that uh, to investors. And But also the other biggest challenge is that the tax is seasonal thing. It's only one time a year. How can you make it more exciting and more engaging for users? Because every single investor that you go out there and when you try to pitch a software as a service product, they wanted to see uh, your MRR, monthly recurrent revenues, uh, the long longevity of the customers, uh, how long are they staying with you, are they repeated customers or not? And in our case, the only measurement that we could have is every other year, right? Like. Uh, you do, you get your tax reports this year, you pay for it, and are you going to come next year? So we have to wait one year uh, to measure that. So um, so that has been one of the other challenging aspects as well. So we are trying to like come up with different ways, uh, talk with existing accounting solutions uh, from the traditional uh, industry and try, try to like understand their business models, how they have been like if we are facing these challenges, someone have already solved them or try to come up with a business model in the traditional industry uh, uh, by adding new functionalities or expanding their uh, business and adding new domains uh, to that. So we've been trying to innovate uh, from that sense uh, by actually like incorporating new features uh, which would engage users on a day-to-day level rather than just once in a year. Uh, and also expanding our technology and building the technology in a way that we can not only serve like one type of customers, but also different types of customers, which are which can help us generate the revenue throughout the year. So um, I would basically say like if any other entrepreneurs um, working in the similar domains or industries in their own respective areas, I would definitely say like look for near uh, similarities in other traditional industries or other businesses. Uh, try to find uh, relations uh, and com- common things uh, that you can try to pick up and try to implement. Uh, all, all you have to do is just be open and try to uh, always think about it kind of back of your head, right? Like always think about it. Okay, how can I improve my business model? I'm, I'm looking at this YouTube video, okay, does it have something to do? I can take something from that uh, and incorporate into my business strategy or outreach strategy or whatever it might be. So, uh, yeah, always make no, uh, note of different things uh, that you come across or you think uh, that are good. Uh, it's super important because we think a lot of things, but we forget them as well at the same time. So It's true. This is brilliant advice because I do. One of the things that I, you know, when I often say to clients who are at that plateau, or, or struggling to have a consistent client revenue model, which in your case comes from a seasonal product. I always say that remember the four things that drive revenue. Business is really simple. There's billions of dollars that change hands every day. We've got to look 
widely at what other revenue streams can you create? What other industries have insight? Because the interesting thing, especially, you know, we talked bootstrapping and going to venture capitals who want a sexy new thing. And you're saying it's kind of hard because what we're doing is something that's not, you know, completely newly innovative. But the interesting thing, well, they want something sexy. Exactly. The world really moves. Biggest business changes hand from incremental things, not necessarily completely new white space. And so we're kind of in that juxtaposition between look for where there's parallels, be incrementally different, but you've got to sell your story. So I'm curious because the crypto space is always, I think people have an opinion of, even though they lack a lot of knowledge on. Um, yeah. Do you find, I'm going to use the word prejudices, or um, how does, you know, when you say the word, what what's the reaction you get? I'm curious from a founder in that community and for someone who sits on the chairman of, a, of the blockchain world. Uh, yeah, definitely. Every single day, I would say, uh, like, um, yeah, even with even from people who are in this space for quite a long time, they have their own prejudices uh, as well and their, their, their own biases towards the projects that they are involved with and the communities that they are involved with on a daily basis. So, uh, Crypto community today is like uh, really, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, really fractionalized in a way, uh, uh, oftentimes. Um, and you have these kind of uh, cult mindset where you only think about that particular project or ecosystem. Uh, it's hard for you to like go uh, and be open and expand to other uh, projects and other innovations. So definitely I come across um, uh these prejudices every single day and also here in Sweden um, like one of the biggest challenges when it comes to blockchain and crypto is that you have a lot of negative stream of information or news uh, every single day targeting crypto in a way like due to the consumption of electricity of course it makes sense but also there are different other things which are also contributing to that but like it's another topic but uh and also, like the use of crypto um, in um, uh, in hacking or like in uh, doing bad things, uh, for instance, uh, I, I just think like all these things exist with the traditional uh, fintech industry as well, or traditional banking system as well. Uh, it's not new to crypto. Like we are trying to put and identify like the culprit uh, in a system. <laughs> Or like try to blame everything on one uh, new innovation. I think it's just like whenever new innovation comes, you have this cycle, right? Uh, innovation cycle. So it's just like a matter of time uh, once it becomes new normal uh, and once everyone starts using it. Um, until we get to that point, you just have to be strong and keep going uh, and just believe in what you do and uh, always try to listen to others as well. I mean, sometimes they might have really good opinions. Um, and you might get some insights and thoughts about that. Yeah, it's interesting. When you are on the disruptive side of technology, um, it, it's easy to poke holes at it. And I do think, you know, that's where community is really important. It's, you know, you've talked about there's a there's a we in your story. It's not a solo endeavor. You know, we are working toward things. There's industry that we're collaborating with because at some point we look back and go, well, it's always been there crypto and crypto certainly it's not there yet and at least in my part of the world and i'm coming to canada and um, there's a lot of 
fear, a lot of unknown. But, you know, when I look at what, what you want to do as a human being, it's about building trust in a culture, in a disruptive technology that isn't well understood and yet is anchored in the oldest, maybe not the oldest, but one of the oldest professions around, which is accounting. Um, so it, it's a really great dichotomy. I'm fascinated by how you're blending it all together. What, what in your journey as you look back has been the best piece of business advice you've been given? Because you are not following a very traditional industry model plan vision. What's been the best advice that you've held through to help you keep, keep your true north going? Uh, I would say actually, uh, well, it wasn't like a direct advice, but uh, it was from my girlfriend at that time, but also now my wife. Uh, uh, when we were having this two years time when I, when I was working too much, uh, one of the things that she kind of influenced or somehow, I don't know, but like she gave me this book, Start With Why uh, by Simon Sonic, right? So uh, it really made me think uh, all the things that I'm doing every single day uh, in terms of business. I think that's the best advice that one could have. Like start with why, like why are you doing what you're doing every single day? Uh, it saves a lot of your time uh, to spend on the things that really matter uh, rather than spending and wasting time because time is going to be a super valuable thing as an entrepreneur uh, that you could have. Uh, yeah. So I would just say like start with why was my best advice. Uh, yeah. Over the last five years of my life. It's a great one. And I never, I, I, I mean, I had the, actually the opportunity to meet Simon Sinek many years ago, oh. a keynote speaker that we hired in to bring into in a room full of entrepreneurs. And it was before he was so massively well-known, which is interesting because now we've seen the crescendo of that movement. But I always say the reason why why is so important is it must move you past convenience. And if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur, you must recognize that confidence is a learnable skill. Learning to speak is something you must acquire. Learning to build relationships are all foundational. So I want to know as you cast your vision to this time next year, what do you hope to be achieving in your business that you see on the horizon or is so big it still intimidates you going, ah, God, I have an amazing but Gee, can we? What's the one that gets you inside? I can tell you already have it in your mind because there's a smile on your face. So what is it? I'm in the oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, like we are in a competitive space. So one of the first things, like we have competitors with billions of dollars or much earlier into this space. Um, but every single day, which keeps me, me motivated is that uh, like I can bring something new. I can bring something innovative to this space. I can really solve the problems that I personally had uh, to do with the taxes and the stress that I have to go through and the money that I have spent, uh, I wanted to solve that problem and help others who are facing that because today we have more than 300 million people investing in trading cryptocurrencies and this could be way over 1 billion people in the next couple of years. Uh, how can we make these people feel comfortable and try to uh, eliminate that stress, uh, which is really unnecessary by providing the best software that we can and by providing the best service that we can. And uh, my goal for the next one year is to establish our brand, establish the product, establish the culture within the team and externally as well uh, to ensure that we provide the best service because accounting and taxes are always stressful for people and it costs a lot of money as well. 
So we want to try to reduce that and bring it uh, to as minimum as possible. Um, yeah, and just try to help out people uh, rather than trying to uh, yeah, extort them uh, with taxes and trying to uh, yeah provide more insights to them, educate them financially as well. I love it. It's it's one of those big, hairy, audacious goals. So let me ask you on the flip side of that: What's the number one roadblock for making this happen? Um, I think uh, <laughs> well, I think one of the biggest roadblocks, uh, of course, capital and all the other things. But uh, I think one of the roadblocks important. Uh, on a personal level is like never giving up. I think you shouldn't give up, even though there are many customers and all that stuff. Uh, I think it's important to keep going. I think, uh, yeah, that would be uh, super important in my opinion. Yeah, this is this is going to be our, 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 our closing thought on this. I will tell you, you know, and everyone who's listening to our audience today, you know, you need to leave the back door closed. Yes. If quitting is even remotely on there, and it sounds like I give the business a year, I give the business five years, you are leaving an intentional backdoor open and a startup doesn't succeed if there's hesitation that yeah. I can walk away. And I don't, you know, walking away to regroup is 100% of the journey, guys. I will tell you that you regroup as many times as you need. And that's what the pivot's from. Uh but the destination has to be crystal clear. And what I love about getting time with you today uh, is that you've got a true north and you've got a real clarity of vision. So I'm cheering for you. I really want to say thank you for sitting down with us, guys. This is another episode of the awesome podcast, Evolvepreneur After Hours. If you have loved this episode, I would be really grateful. Go give us a five-star review. And if you're curious about your story and sharing it with our audience, please invite yourself to come have a conversation with us share it with a friend or two and be sure to be back here subscribe to the channel watch our future episodes until next time if you are an entrepreneur make a start and make your next great idea start moving today we'll see you soon yeah